0: What's up, NFL fans? Connor McCarthy here with my co-host as always, Blake Pace. Here to talk to you about another week in the NFL. This past weekend was the Super Bowl, kind of the epitome of the NFL season. Sad to see it go, but it was a hell of a game. What'd you think about it, Blake?
1: Yeah, it was an amazing game, and I know we both picked the uh, both picked the Patriots, but who wouldn't? Um, it was a, it was a, a classic game for me, one of my favorites that I've watched. I won't say it's you know my favorite one I've ever witnessed, but I mean the past three weeks we had amazing football, mm-hmm. and so you know it was the great way to end the season. There's that post football season depression that I'm feeling right now, but oh, yeah. we got a lot of stuff to talk about, a lot of off season stuff that will gear to uh, gear towards in the next uh, coming months, and so I'm excited to talk about that.
0: Yes, sir, yes, sir. So, uh, episode 21, so we're on to the 21s. Yep, 21. There's some all time
1: greats. Uh, yep, what you got for me?
0: I know one for sure, Sean uh-huh. Taylor. He, right. <laughs> he was once 21, and that t- uh, number is big in Redskin culture. Yeah. <sighs> Landon Collins. Yep. Yep. There you so go. I got two right now.
1: Yeah, so let's start off with some all-time greats. Um, one of the best running backs in recent history um, had a ten-year career from 2001 to 2011. Uh, had a well, if I say the team right away, it'll kind of give it away. The Chargers. Oh, you're LT. Yeah, LT. Thomas. LT uh, got another great uh, defensive back slash wide receiver. We got prime time. Oh, Deion Sanders. Deion Sanders, okay. twenty-one. Uh, Great running back with the Giants. Never won a Super Bowl with them. Uh, Barber. Yep, Tiki Barber. Uh, Let's see. Uh, Doesn't wear 21 anymore, but with the 49ers. Solid running back. Now on my favorite team. Uh, He's not with the 49ers anymore? Not with the 49ers anymore. He's with the Colts. Oh, you're talking about... uh, Mm -hmm. Frank Gore. Yeah, Frank Gore. Frank Gore Gore wore uh, 21 when he was with the 49ers. Yeah. Um... Six years, uh, Charles Woodson wore um, 21. Yeah, he wore a bunch of numbers. Let's see, some, yeah, <laughs> um, let's see. What are some other greats that we got? Akeem Tlaib currently wears it. So let's get into the current ones that wear it. Yeah, um, yeah. That, those were just some of the all-time greats I had. Uh, top cornerback in the league, Arizona Cardinals. Oh, Patrick Peterson. Patrick Peterson. Did mentioned the Pro Bowl, didn't Yeah. He? <laughs> or he did make the Pro Bowl, yeah. Uh, Mention Aqib Tlaib already. Cornerback um, with the Colts who got cut halfway through the season. Or like was, our Vonte one Davis, good corner. Right? Yeah, Vontae Davis. Davis. Why did he get cut? Uh, oh, just forgot. a bunch of like personal issues. He was mad that they weren't winning, but he also wasn't giving full effort. Dealed mm. with some injuries. Yeah, so. well that's why he got traded from Miami. Yeah, so. he yeah. has a, yeah some attitude yeah, stuff straight. going on. Uh, this one player um didn't get to play in the Super Bowl. Well, my, oh, Malcolm Butler. Malcolm Butler, 21. I know I'll we'll talk about, about that, that yeah. later. Um, Desmond Trufant, haha Clinton Dix. Uh, division game. rival uh, running back, Zeke. Yep, Ezekiel Elliott, um, Sean Smith. One of my favorite cornerbacks with the Jags. Not Ramsey. We had him uh, last week. AJ Bouye. AJ Bouye. Uh, Patrick Robertson. Robinson. Um, let's see. Jarek McKinnon. Marcus Gilchrist. Uh, Amir Abdullah. Um, Morris Claiborne. Joe Hayden. Uh Plenty of twenty Demps. ones out there. A oh lot yeah. of there's some great twenty ones. Tracy really Poe wore twenty one for a year. Prince of Mukamara wore it last year. There's a there's a bunch of great twenty ones. Um those are the those are probably the ones we'll touch on for this oh, week. Well that's awesome. It's really great to start the
0: show with that segment with making me look huh, like a fool every time. <laughs> <Yeah>. So <laughs> let's get into our subject this week. So we're gonna talk about the Super bowl a little bit and talk about our thoughts on it. And in particular, Nick Foles' performance, Malcolm Butler's benching, and Doug Peterson's play calling. Uh, Blake and I have been saying for weeks the way to beat the Patriots is through Doug. Or is uh, how Doug Peterson played. You got to play aggressive. All the way through, going for on fourth down in smart situations, you got to score more points than the Patriots, and that's just what the Eagles did. What do you think about the game, like
1: Yeah, it was amazing. You know, and it's so interesting. It seems like everyone gets to the playoffs, and then you only see one team ever, you know, do trick plays, and that's the yeah. Patriots usually. They always have their trick play. You saw them try the one with um with Brady. They had the double uh, reverse pass last week against. Er, the week before in Jacksonville, and everyone never seems to really try on their own trick plays against New England because, for some reason, everyone is so far behind in coaching and mentality, unlike Bill Belichick. But when you saw Doug Peterson go in, he threw in some trick plays, and he was just aggressive. and And the biggest thing to me was he was also conservative when he needed to be. He took nine minutes off the clock in the fourth quarter. You know, they were going back and forth, back and forth the entire game. The Eagles' last drive where they put up that last touchdown, he took nine minutes off the clock, and that was crucial to um, give Tom Brady less time on the field. So he was aggressive the entire game, conservative when he needed to be, and... It was Yeah, exactly. What we had been saying the entire time. You can't let up against New England because they'll always find a way to get back. Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, that was one of the most well-coached offensive games that I've ever seen. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, the Eagles' defense, uh, give them credit. I mean, they've been great all season until they face the Patriots, which is something that torched. tends to happen for early defenses. Yeah. They go up against Brady, and in crunch time they're going to put up points. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, uh, like you said, Pearson taking up that much time off the clock and keeping his defense fresh off the field, I mean, they are immediately able to go in there to a couple of the biggest plays. Brandon Graham had the sack. He had a of Tom Brady in such a big, critical situation, and then they scored a touchdown on the next drive. I mean, uh, like I said, Nick Foles was unstoppable in this game. I mean, he was throwing darts. Yeah. He was oh, throwing it, darts. It was amazing. The first touchdown pass to Alshon Jeffrey really set the tone in oh, my mind, because was that was a perfect back-shoulder throw to the back of the end zone, only gave Alshon a chance at the ball. Mm-hmm. His only pick of the game was a uh, uh, fluke. fluke. It was a oh, fluke. Yeah. It was a good jump ball to Alshon. Alshon almost made a great play on it. And then he tipped it on the way back down. Exactly. So uh, he played one of the best games I've seen for, in a, a Super Bowl performance of any quarterback, I think. Yeah. And it came from a backup quarterback
1: from Philly. It's crazy. Exactly. And and um, like you said, you know, he had probably his best game of his career the week before against Minnesota yeah. and then outdid himself again this year. And so, I mean, one of the one of the things we were going to talk about is Nick Foles. So, so what do you think his future is next? Yeah,
0: no, we were talking about it. You know, yeah. we were talking about hypotheticals last yeah. week. And we are like, what if Nick Foles goes out there and wins Super Bowl MVP right? and has a great game? Well, he just did that. Exactly. We were really not, I think we were just joking around, kind of thinking that in our minds and everything. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean... You can't ignore the numbers that he just put up in the, the championship game in the Super Bowl, the two biggest stages, where a lot of quarterbacks, like uh, we've seen in the past, don't always perform as well in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Well, Nick Foles just put up two of the greatest performances of all time, possibly, in uh, Super Bowl runs. So that's got to be taken into account. And I, I just don't see how you go from Super Bowl MVP and having that type of run to going back on the bench very peacefully. Even though Nick Foles has handled everything great, oh, he's yeah. been very humble about things, and I give him a lot of credit his future I mean if he really wants to get another team I'm sure he's gonna get some interest now
1: exactly and and credit to Howie Roseman he, he's done an amazing job building this team the GM for the Eagles he he's you know done a great job and I think he'll really handle this full situation well too because you don't have to trade him right away I mean there's going to be demand for him I think he deserves to be a starting quarterback in the league somewhere I don't think you know he'd be you know you know a top twelve quarterback in the league if you gave him the chance but you know with a right fit with a great offensive mind like he just had um in philly he could really thrive and and so i think there are gonna be a few teams that call about Foles this off season um i you know just off the top of the he- my head you know the eagles are not the eagles the um the arizona cardinals seem like a situation where maybe you know if they want to draft a guy and put Foles in for two seasons to kind of have someone to um you know, kind of bridge over their new wave of quarterback. Um, you don't know what the Broncos are going to do yet. The Jets, there are, there are a lot of teams, there are a few teams in free agency that will um, probably try and make a move for him. But the most interesting thing that I think they should do is they should wait, you know, early into next season. You know, who's that franchise quarterback that's going to get hurt in week two or week three? Um, you have him under contract next year. He's, he's on a cheap deal. And so if you have a team that thinks, you know, they're Super Bowl contenders and all of a sudden their franchise quarterback goes down, make a trade for Nick Nick Foles and have him kind of in the same situation where he's replacing an injured quarterback.
0: I mean, like, there's so many teams that are in the quarterback market this year that uh, are a quarterback away from really competing. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, we talk about every time there's a quarterback that comes up. I mean, we talk about Casey Keem, Kirk Cousins. uh, Those teams seem to come up the Broncos, the Jets, teams like that. So, I mean, Foles, it's going to be a really competitive uh, free agent quarterback market. I mean, Kirk Cousins is probably going to be the target number one. I mean, I feel like Drew Brees is going to sign with the Saints. Yeah. He's going to yeah. be a saint, or retired. Yeah, he's retire, gonna, yeah that's like. that's what I feel like. So I don't think he's going to hit the free agent market. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, like guys, like I mean Tyrod, we don't even talk about him very exactly. often. I'm, I'm worried. I'm worried about him even finding a starting job now, and I think he should be a starter and in the NFL. It's just that much it's, of a market. that's what, what I'm it's saying. It's, it's scary. I mean, like uh, even a team like the Jaguars is like, is Tyrod really? that, that much better than Blake Bortles that you want to teach a new quarterback the whole system? Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying Tyrod isn't good. You know, but, my
1: only other thing was is that Doug Marone in Jacksonville was the head coach in Buffalo with Tyrod. So, you know, there's yeah. that connection there. So maybe, you know, maybe that's a move that he wants to make, but he's... It's not going to be an expensive. He's not going to have a bunch of teams clamoring for him, but he's still a guy that's a starting quarterback and could be a starting quarterback. Any other year, he
0: could be the top quarterback on the market. Exactly. Honestly. So it's crazy to think about it. And then getting back to the Super Bowl uh, Malcolm Butler being benched. I've heard the reports and everything. He he was sick the week before. He was in the hospital, I heard, for something. Then he uh, had a minor rules infraction. It was something being late to a meeting or something like Mm -hmm. that, and it wasn't like anything big and he had a bad week of practice. And I understand everything here you know, as a coach. You want to prevent things before they happen, but the bench a guy that's played 98% of snaps when he's actually healthy and capable of playing, uh, he knows the defense more than anybody. And then put Eric Rowe out there. I mean, even Doug Peterson set out for the game. As soon as he saw Eric Rowe out there, he knew... Al- he, had, he, had played, he had played for Philadelphia. Yeah. So he knew that Alshon was a mismatch. He immediately knew that, so they targeted it. And it really burned him in the beginning. I mean, Eric Rowe made a few plays, but... I I don't know if Malcolm Butler could have done just as much or more, but if you think about it, that's just immediately taking away that player. I mean, at least throw him out there, even if he isn't 100%. And you know what? The other coach probably doesn't know that. He doesn't exactly. know that's going to happen, so that's not an immediate glaring weakness. If he starts getting burnt by Alshon, okay, then throw in Eric Rowe. You understand what's happening. Mm-hmm. But to be able to, to do that immediately and show that weakness in your defense, I just think it was killer.
1: Yeah, uh, you know, Bill Belichick, as much praise as I give him, he's, he's de- in, in my mind, the greatest coach of all time, the greatest to ever do it. He had a bad week. He you did. know, he he kind of slipped up a little. There were a few things that, when, when reports came out, I was like, oh, that's not the way Bill Belichick works. The Patriots, um, just a couple of days before the Super Bowl, got a day off. And, you know, that's something Bill's never done. Bill's been very militaristic, and he's, you know, no days off. And, yet, yeah, I think it might have been Wednesday or Thursday before the Super Bowl, they just had the day off and and then the whole Malcolm Butler situation i understand if if you want to be you know stubborn and you want to follow the rules then that's you know your job as a coach but you also don't have to keep him out the entire game yeah. if you see like hey man Nick Foles is really tearing up our secondary we aren't playing our best cornerback throw him out there even if he's not healthy i think he still would have done a better job than Eric Rowe by far you know there were so many situations with Rowe where you're now putting guys man on man with McCourty, and you know there's other situations yeah, that Patrick that these, had yeah, it's just there's they put too much pressure on the safeties Stefan Gilmore where if you have Malcolm Butler in there I know <laughs> I've gone on record and said you know Malcolm Butler didn't have as great of a season this year as he did you know last season or the year before but he's still your best cornerback in my opinion you know Stefan Gilmore had a great week against Jacksonville but he's, you know, Malcolm Butler was your best cornerback, and you took him off the field, and you know, Bill Belichick just kind of looked like he was slipping up to me. Yeah,
0: there was multiple times throughout the game too that is very uncharacteristic of the Patriots, uh, and mainly that sticks out in my mind that I can never see their uh, their attempted a trick play when. Brady had the last 50 seconds left, yeah. and they try to flip it to Rex Burkhead, who, I mean, he's a decent runner, but not a speed guy, and you're trying to end around reverse on that? Yeah. I'd give it to the fastest guy if you're going to do that first off, and second off, I probably wouldn't even try it, because at this point, you want to give Brady as big a chance as you want, as much time as possible. Definitely. I would have tried to take in a knee, I would have tried to get it out of the back of the end zone, or something, or just try to get that... Get down as quickly as possible if there's not a, a wide opening. Mm-hmm. So I really just didn't understand that, why you wouldn't try to give Brady as much time. There was other times during the game, of course. But, I mean, uh, the one thing I will say, though, that Brady trick play I was going to mention earlier, that would have worked. That really would have worked if he had caught it and everything. He had a wide open field. He He would have
1: gotten an extra 20 yards off that play. You think he would have gotten the end zone? No. (laughs) Oh, God. Have you seen him run? (laughs) I know, I know. But it was funny. He would (laughs) have gotten, you know, he he, he had wide open for about 15 yards. I mean, I know there was the safety coming over. But, but man, even that play, you know, it's unfortunate to see, you know, the Patriots are usually, you know, spot so spot on. on it's with so their spot trick on that plays. you would
0: expect that you expect that to work. You wouldn't even expect, except Brady to make a great catch or something. That's what I expect. Exactly. It's for him to do anything like that. It's kind of weird to see, and he's human too. He can't exactly, do everything. Exactly. <laughs> but um, speaking of Brady, I mean, he had that uh, botch trick play, and he had a kind of a little bit of a rough first half. He ended up with 505 yards, three touchdowns, and a QB rating of 115.4 with no interceptions. I mean. He played great, and the Philadelphia defense is no slack. That's a really good defense they did that against. So I mean, I don't know. I just he's playing so well at this age. I just I want to know when the cliff is going to happen. I really do. Yeah. Because when's it going to be the last year? When's it going to be?
1: It's tough, and it, you know, everyone wanted to say you know even last season like oh he's getting towards the end. Everyone wanted to say at the beginning of this year always oh, coming to an end, and and it's the same thing every time. You know, him and the Patriots don't look good weeks one and two. You know, maybe week three, they still don't look good. Then they're on fire from week four to week 12. And then, you know, oh, week 12 to week 16, Brady looks a little rough. Well, yeah, it's coming towards the end of a really long regular season. But then, you know, they get the week off before um, they get wildcard weekend off just about every year. And and they're back grooving. And he played one of his best games. um, And it, it really just is everyone wanted to say, you know, Brady's such a bad character. I heard this after the game because Brady walked off the field after the Super Bowl didn't really congratulate anyone. he's He went behind in the locker room. you know, congratulated Chris long after the game, spoke with some of his his New England guys. you know people just like people try to hate on Tom Brady way too much and, and I do too. I you know I'm not I, I hate to see the Patriots so successful, but the man is the greatest quarterback of all time or, uh, not the most talented. I, I always forget to say there's a difference between most talented and greatest. He's the greatest quarterback of all time, um, and he had an amazing game. You know, he I don't really think he has a sign of slowing down next year, possibly even the year after. But, you know, it, it, it all comes down to when he thinks it's time to hang it up.
0: Uh, I mean, I want to say, like, he threw for 505 yards in the Super Bowl. Last Super Bowl he threw for 466 yards. Yeah, that's almost a thousand yards in the past two Super Bowl grinds when he's age 39 and age 40. Yeah, uh, just how long is this thing gonna go? I mean, and like you said, I mean people like to go over, go after people at the top of the game. I mean, LeBron mm-hmm. gets it, Brady's See, gonna exactly. get it. Everybody that's at the top, everybody underneath them is gonna look for faults and everything like that. And Brady has faults. So don't get me wrong, but I don't think he has any more faults than anybody else. league. he's a competitor. He's a very fierce competitor. <coughs> I mean, you look at Cam Newton a couple of years ago how he handled everything. I think Brady handled a little bit of a, a little bit better than what Cam oh, Newton yeah. handled a Definitely. couple of years ago. Definitely. I mean, everybody's just going to be even more critical and the one thing I will say is like you said Brady had a great game overall. He did mm-hmm. have a really good game. And for once we're looking at it where Belichick lost to Peterson and Brady didn't really lose to the other team. I mean, exactly. it was be- it was one of those rarely rare instances where the Patriots were outcoached, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, it was just and – well, like like and I were talking about earlier um, before the show too. The Patriots defense was really not that talented this year. No. It was they were hiding things for a long time, yeah. but we we saw it come out this game where they were just. I mean, the running they couldn't stop the run worth anything. And Blount, I know Blount wanted that, wanted to run hard and everything, but at some point they were making arm tackles, just missing
1: tackles that they usually make. It was it was kind of strange to see. Yeah, it's it's one of the least talented defenses that we've seen out of New England in a while, and usually they're able to mask it. Um, but when you lose too many guys, you know, they lost their best guy in the front seven, Dante Hightower early on in the year. They sat Malcolm Butler for whatever reasons. But, you know, some things when you face a physical team like Philadelphia, like I said, you know, this game was going to be one in the trenches, you know. Philly's offensive line is the best in football or top 2 with the Saints, I'd say. But, I mean, they just owned the line of scrimmage and it, it they just had no chance to stop them. Um So, you know, looking into this offseason, the Patriots have a lot of holes that I think that they can fill on the defense especially, but, you know, offensive line, they need an upgrade. Um, You know, the running backs aren't all under contract. I want to say James White's the only one under contract going into this offseason, so you got to figure out what to do there. Hopefully, you get the health back on your receiving core. Hopefully, Gronk chooses not to retire. That's another big storyline that, you know, we'll look at in this offseason, what's he going to do, but you need to upgrade the defense. You're going to lose Malcolm Butler. Yeah, he's said to be a free agent. He does not want to play for yeah, Bill Belichick. There's too much want to. tension there, I wouldn't want to. and so you you got to find another, you know, cornerback one, cornerback two. Um, they only had three active cornerbacks after Butler. Yeah,
0: uh, with the, with him sitting, they only had three. They were literally putting safeties up there if they had four receiver sets. Yeah, which is I, I just for the Patriots to do that, it's just really mind-boggling to me. Mm-hmm. I I just don't understand yeah. it. But I think we talked enough about the Super Bowl for now. Yeah. But we're gonna and we're gonna go into a little bit of off season. So there's a lot of rumors circling Bill Belichick right now for the Patriots that he might retire. So how how does that change the Patriots organization as a whole and where do they go forward
1: from here? You know, honestly, if Bill Belichick isn't at the helm of the Patriots, I think it all falls apart. Honestly, um, and I don't. Earlier this week, I said, hey, maybe um, I said it on the Gold to Go podcast where uh, Kevin and Matt had me um, come in as a guest host. I said, you know, this might be coming this off season and. I don't think it's coming this offseason now, um, but would I be surprised if he hung it up after next year? Not at all. And um, and like I said, it's those little things, those little slip ups. You know, he's he's what 65 years old now. He's getting to that point of his time where you know the, his biggest mentor, Bill Parcells, retired at the age of 65. He's kind of hitting that age where it's time for him to give it up. And he's had an amazing career for the Patriots. I'd be scared. I mean, you you yeah. don't have Garoppolo, you don't have Brissett, you have an old roster that has holes just about everywhere. You have a 40-year-old quarterback, um, who, you know, is is the greatest of all time, but also really benefits from playing with Belichick. Um and also, you know, we'll talk about him later on, but Josh McDaniels seems to now be the successor for Belichick. He didn't have the best success in Denver in his first stint. Um Obviously, you know, it's a better situation in New England, but who knows, you know, if he, if he just like flops again and the biggest problem, you know, you got to find some stability in there and you got to have a succession plan ready because you lose Belichick, then you lose Brady nothing really looks like it's going to go in the right direction for them yeah. afterwards. We'll talk more about McDaniels later, but that's a
0: big reason why I think he's staying right now. I think he knows more than we know, yeah. and maybe it is this season or maybe it's next season. But, I mean, at least he's had the time to learn from Belichick for so long, and that's really probably going to benefit him. But, I mean, Belichick's numbers are just ridiculous for the Patriots. 214 wins to 74 losses in the regular season, 5 Super Bowl titles, 8 Super Bowl appearances, 28 and 11 in the playoffs. I mean, he is the greatest Patriots coach of all time, and in my opinion, the greatest coach of all time. Yeah. I think your <laughs> opinion, too. So I, I don't think it completely falls apart if Belichick like, retires this season, but as soon as Brady and Belichick are gone, then this is just another football team. I mean, it really is. Yeah. And you can talk about the organization all you want and saying how well they've had success for years and years, but this is a league that creates parity. And eventually, I mean, the Patriots have divided for so long, and it's largely because of those two guys. And I just I don't see him being the dominant force anymore. As soon as those two are gone, I mean if, Bel- if Belichick surprises and goes for another five years, and I think Patriots will be fine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But without him, I just I see him slipping
1: back. And you had the succession plan in place. You had McDaniel's and Garoppolo. That would have been just yeah. a fine pairing if you if you had it. But you don't. You you still have McDaniel's, but you lost Garoppolo. You lost Brissett. If you know. Maybe if they draft a guy in, you know, maybe the second round or maybe the end of the first round this year, then, then, you know, go ahead and do that. But I would be extremely nervous to do so because I've, you know, I'm not a big fan of this quarterback's draft class, especially once you get outside of the top four guys in the draft, um, Rosen, Darnold, Allen, and, uh, Baker. Um, once you get out of those four, it gets a little shaky for me, but you know, um, Belichick has had success grooming quarterbacks, but also if he's not going to be there to groom him, what success is that going to have for his career, for whatever they for whoever they choose? So you know they they kind of just you know they gave it all away this year. They gave away their future this season um, to please you know for whatever reason it was if it was Brady that didn't want Garoppolo coming for his Bob job. Kraft for Bob Kraft is his influence on it. Um, they they gave away their future and. You look in the division. I mean, Sean McDermott in his first season in Buffalo had a great year with a very like that. That roster was not that great yeah, <laughs> at all. That roster did not deserve to be in the playoffs. They'll improve, and if they can get into the playoffs again, you know, maybe they'll have more success. I know it wasn't perfect at all times, but I mean, the town ta- they gave up. Yeah. They, they gave up their best players all up, around. Yeah, they did give up their best, most talented players. Yeah, they gave up well, Marcel right? Darius um, on Sammy offense. Watkins. They gave up Sammy Watkins. You know, they <laughs> gave up a lot of pieces right, and, and right. still made it into the playoffs. Um, Then you look at the Jets. I love their defense. I think, you know, they're they're secondary. They have one of the best young safety duos in the league. I like Darren Lee at linebacker. Their D-line is still solid. If they get a quarterback, um, maybe sit under Josh McCown for another year. Talented receivers in uh, Quincy Anunua, Robbie Anderson. They have things going, too, in the right direction. So, you know, that division is going to get really tough when you lose um, Brady and Belichick. Does it completely fall apart when Belichick is gone? Probably not. But if you lose Brady and Belichick, you know, maybe a year apart from each other or at the same time, it's not going to be pretty in New England.
0: Definitely. And I had this written down. I said, the Jets, Bills, and Dolphins, and that's who's the most excited about this news. Exactly. And finally, <laughs> the, the tyranny the Patriots will be over. They don't have to count for two losses pretty much every exactly. year. Exactly. Which, who knows, maybe the another powerhouse will come out of that. The Bills dynasty starts rising. That'd be very impressive. <laughs> yeah. So, well, like we said earlier, we're going to talk about Josh McDaniels. So, McDaniels staying in New England took away the head coach of the Colts, which is Blake's favorite team. Yeah. Kind of ripped his heart out. How do you feel about that?
1: Yeah, yesterday was, like, the worst sports day it, that I can remember in, like, my life because... Um, for those of you who listen to uh, Peer Sport Network's NBA podcast, Courtside Take with me and Kevin Haswell, I am the biggest Knicks fan. And then so in just the matter of, you know, I want to say two hours, I lost my head coach and I lost Kristaps Porzingis to a torn ACL in the same night. And it was just, you know, like my sports world was just falling apart. Um, I'll talk about Kristaps on Courtside Take next week. But, you know, the Josh McDaniel decision was just... So shocking. I mean, to hear of everything that the Colts had set in place. McDaniels had his bags packed that he had a flight later that night. In Indianapolis, they had his office set up with, you know, everything, his new gear set up. They hired the defensive staff. So the Colts have a defensive coordinator. Whoever's the next head coach, the defensive coordinator is already hired because they signed a contract. Two defensive assistants also signed contracts. So the defensive staff was there knowing that McDaniels was coming in as head coach. Um... I don't know what I just did there. <laughs> that was interesting. I just fell out of my chair, basically. Um, That's oh. how mad I am. Uh, For the Patriots, this is just Rob Kraft trying to stick it to to Indianapolis again. Um, you know, the whole deflate gate started with Indy and DeQuell Jackson. And this is Robert Kraft. Just it, it really is. It's just like the biggest fu to Indy. Like, oh, you think you're about to get your new head coach of the future? Pair him with one of the best young quarterbacks in the league? Nah, come back here. I'll give you some money. I'll get you a better locker room. Um, Bill Belichick has agreed that he's going to do a better job mentoring you this season. You're going to be the next head coach of new England. And Josh changed his mind last second. And I, you know, from a fan's perspective, pissed, you know, I'm, I'm furious with the decision. Everyone that had been saying that this is the next pairing of, you know, Shanahan and Garoppolo. It's the next pairing of Wentz and um, Peterson. It was going to be that successful on the offensive side of the ball. And now we miss out on that. And now you've, you know, there's... It sets the Colts behind because all the other coaching candidates are um, have already been hired and they got interviews set up this week. Um, from the analyst perspective of it, I understand what McDaniel's did. If he thinks that he's got a better situation in New England, um, better ownership, a, a better team in place, fine. You know, it's it's just really unfortunate. And I, I listened to Chris Ballard's press conference today. I would have thought, you know, the Colts are just going to fall apart with this. Chris Ballard gave one of the best press conferences that I've ever seen. He reacted. He handled this situation perfect. He was aggressive. He 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 made sure to the Colts organization that he's not gonna let this deteriorate his legacy that he's building in Indy. Um, they've got interviews set up uh, later this week. Um, two interviews. One on Thursday. One on Friday. The guy I like the most is the Eagles um, offensive coordinator. They are bringing in um, on Friday to interview. That is Frank Reich. Um, the way I see it is, this is just another smart offensive mind. Got to work with Peterson um, for two seasons, and um, really has that kind of co- uh, that college playbook, the RPOs that he'll bring to Indianapolis. And I think that'll be great for their offense. It's kind of you know just a bright offensive mind that we would have gotten with McDaniel's. I, I expect him to become the next head coach in Indy. Um, they're interviewing an assistant head coach from new Orleans um tomorrow um Campbell Dan Campbell I want to say um I I don't really think that that's the direction they should go in um but you know the Colts will survive they have in my mind one of the brightest young GMs in football he's widely respected um Josh McDaniels maybe hurts his chance at getting another job outside of the Patriots, but maybe, you know, he just sees that opportunity and says he can't pass up the head coach as the Patriots. But it was just really upsetting to see. I think it was poorly managed by McDaniels. Um, and, the, and the Patriots, you know, I felt bad for them after the Super Bowl, but now I'm ready to hate them again. This yeah. You know, this, They made it easy for me to hate the Patriots again, and uh, I'm looking forward to this rivalry that this yeah. will create. Yeah, I mean... Yeah,
0: McDaniels would have been perfect with Andrew Luck, and that's what I was uh, really yeah. the biggest thing. I mean, he went not go from Tom Brady to having uh, Luck. I mean, Luck is he's gonna be one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL I think eventually. I mean we've been saying it for years and he's had flashes of being uh, oh, completely elite. He took a terrible yeah, team to the little... AFC championship. Like, yeah that's well that your division sucked, But
1: uh Dude, but he got to the AFC championship I under- I understand. Yeah, he I'm got not to the trying championship to championship game. He well, won't
0: I, I already thought by now that Luck would at least be in a Super Bowl by now. That's what my mindset was when I mean when he first came in the league and took it by storm I mean, he's played great. Uh, most of the time he's been he- able to be healthy. I mean, that offensive line has been such a problem. The defense has yeah. been a problem. But when you pair a, a great quarterback coach and a great quarterback, it just opens up the playbook so much so quickly for offensive coordinator. And I, I know that Luck's injury history is keeping a lot of people away from wanting that job possibly. But you've you got to go into a le- uh you have Luck. You can run pretty much any play in that, yeah. that any quarterback can make in this league. He's so skilled. See, he's so skilled. That's what I'm saying. But it's been years of bad drafts, I think, and just not being able to protect him. And that's got to be the the number one priority for y'all. And Mm -hmm. getting a coach that's right for him is also now, I mean, it's, I'm more interested to see what y'all are going to do next season now.
1: Yeah, and and that's the thing is that Chris Ballard came in this past season and replaced what I think is the worst GM in NFL history. Ryan Grigson, year after year, disappointed in the draft, signed old free agents to, to large contracts. We got him out. This year was the first season with Chris Ballard, and I think we nailed it in this draft, honestly. We took Malik um, Malik Hooker in the first round, tore his ACL halfway through the season, but was one of the he was you, good best young safeties time, yeah. in the league. Um, we got Marlon Mack, who's you know change of pace running back, can maybe move into that feature role. Um, once Frank Gore either you know decides to leave Indy or retire, um, I think he's a great guy there. Um, they brought in some great linebackers. Jabal Sheard was amazing for the Colts this year, one of their best defensive players. Chris Ballard is making the right moves. He cleared out all the cap space. They have, I want to say, $85 million going into this offseason. So if there are guys that they want to sign, then they're going to spend the money and get that job done. It's crazy that they have $85 million available and are paying the second most money in history to Andrew Luck. Yeah. They have so much money. They If they want to just spend it all on the offensive line and draft on the defense, I think that's the best way to go because offensive linemen don't really come in and make solid impacts right away. There will be offensive linemen available in free agency, kind of like what um, who did it this past offseason? Detroit brought in two big free agent offensive linemen and really bolstered their unit. I think the Colts are in position to do that. Draft on the defense. Andrew Luck's health, everyone was concerned about, and that was you know one of the big questions. Like, you know, it, do we want to go into this situation a while ago, exactly? Man. And and so he was out in uh, he traveled to Europe, got a few opinions from some great doctors out there. He doesn't need surgery on his shoulder again this offseason. He's just got to rest it a little. He's going to be fine. I fully expect him to play next season. Um, Whoever we bring into Indy, I'm excited for. I I hope it's Reich from the Eagles. That'll be a great playbook. The defensive staff is already there. They've got a linebacker coach from uh, Dallas who will be our defensive coordinator. Um, You know... This this hurts to lose, you know, a head coach who I thought would have been a perfect pairing. But I don't think it's the end of the world for Indy, and I'm excited to see what the future has for them.
0: It's not the end of the world. I mean, as long as I, if Luck were to miss a game next year because of the still shoulder injury, then that's when I start getting very. If he misses next year, then yeah, then then you start really worrying. I think, but as long as you have Andrew Luck there, you have a shot, really. Exactly. So so the future is still all right for Indy right now, but losing McDaniel is definitely a blow. Definitely a blow. So I'm going to talk about my team for a little bit, the impact of the Alex Smith trade. And last week, if you listened to our show, (laughs) it broke live on the show that I heard that Alex Smith, and I really didn't know how to react, and I also didn't know that Kendall Fuller was being shipped off. And that was a huge aspect. You can ask my roommates here. I kind of freaked out for a little bit. I was throwing stuff. I was not happy over that. And uh, first I want to say, Alex Smith... I don't have any problem with him being our quarterback. I think he's a good quarterback who's been underrated for a a large portion of his career. Uh, He's known as a game manager, which is actually fine in the NFL if you look at it. I mean, if he runs his script and does what he's supposed to do, why should you blame a guy? And I'm actually I'm 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 happy with Alex being our quarterback. I'm not disappointed. Uh, Do I think Kirk Cousins had a higher ceiling? Of course I do. I think Kirk Cousins could develop into a top 8 quarterback in this league eventually. Mm -hmm. He has the skill to be there. I don't think Alex Smith will ever be a top 10 quarterback solidly in there, but he's definitely on the fringe. He's a good quarterback. So uh, uh, I've come to peace with that. The only problem I really had was the Kendall Fuller trade. That's what really upset me in this. He was by far our best young player. He was our most stable mm-hmm. one. I mean, maybe Sua Cravens, but Cravens, we, who knows with his uh, mental situation right now, he sat out the whole season because he thought he was going to retire at age 22. Mm-hmm. So, Kendall Fuller, he was our best cornerback last year. Peshad Breeland had a good year, too. He's a free agent. We don't know if we're signing him. Someone's going to probably offer him a lot of money, and we're not going to be able to match because we're playing Josh Norman so much money who had a bad year. Exactly. I mean, Josh Norman didn't have a single pick last year, and I know that picks aren't always what matter in cornerback stats, but the big plays weren't really there. He was getting burnt too often. Kendall Fuller was there to save a lot of the plays. And now we're not going to have him. He was really our stabilizing force back there. Meanwhile, the Redskins have signed Mason Foster and Quentin Dunbar to contracts, who are, are fine guys, but not the problems like Zach Brown, guys like that, that we really need to sign, and we're just ignoring these situations. So, overall, I, the Kendall Fuller was way too much to give up, I think, for for Alex Smith, who's a 34-year-old quarterback, right? 34 yeah. 33. He's an older quarterback, with Kirk Cousins, who's uh, years younger, and we gave him a contract that we refused to give Cousins. Uh, I mean, it was tw- about $23.5 million a year at averages. There's ways to get out of the contract eventually, so we're not completely sunk into that. But to give Alex Smith such a huge contract after not committing to a quarterback that's done so well in Gruden's system, it- it's crazy to me. So I, I, just, I don't really understand the move overall. It might work out, but you're never going to convince me that that trade was, made sense at the time. It never made sense. It may luck out because Alex Smith might have another career year or something like that, but Kendall Fuller was too talented a player to have traded.
1: Yeah, and, and, and with this trade, I know we we discussed it live um, last week, and so we didn't really have time to really filter in our thoughts and, and process everything. But when I look at this trade, I look at three separate things. I look, the first thing I look at, Alex Smith and Washington. Um, I don't like it. I think that you know the problem is is Alex Smith had a great year and a great time in Kansas City because of the solid offensive game plan um, and you know play calling system with Andy Reid and uh, offensive coordinator and new head coach of the Bears Matt Nagy. He had a solid year with a great offensive system, great weapons. Um, you had Kareem Hunt, you know, second place for offensive rookie of the year. Um, you have top. Two tight end, Travis Kelsey, uh, great deep ball threat, Tyree Kill, um, and now when you go to Washington, you know Washington, you don't have Sean McVay anymore. You don't have Kyle Shanahan. You you, you lost out on both well, those guys. Well, uh, Gruden,
0: Gruden did not do a bad job. He play No, you know, and, so. and and did a pretty good play But call. you don't
1: have one of you don't have these young great minds that are really um, the college playbookers of <laughs> sorts that I think Alex Smith would thrive most in. Um, also, I get kind of worried about his, you know. His effect on Josh Dachson. He's not oh, you know, yeah, Alex Smith. That last Alex week. Smith isn't isn't the best deep ball thrower um, that Kirk Cousins did, and so you know those jump ball 50-50s like we talked about. You know Doxson might um, lose a step. Wide receiving core is scary to me. You know the the biggest problem with the Redskins was their health this past season, and I don't think that was, and and I don't think that was where the blame was put on. I think that ownership and coaching put too much of a blame on Kirk Cousins, who is a stand up guy and what I think is top 12 quarterback, potential to be, like you said, top 8. Um, i probably put him at 11 or 12 in the league, but he has all the potential to be a top 10, top 8 quarterback. Um, yes, you, you screwed up the financial situation years ago where now you had to pay him 35 if you wanted to tag him, but I still think you could have hammered out a long-term extension well, and given him less. The
0: thing, when that was first happening, um, uh, we had McCallum uh, still as our GM and everything. I loved when we first franchised, the first time we franchised yeah. Edgar Cousins. Because he had a great year and everything, but it was his first time. And he had a lot of tape before that where he wasn't that great. Exactly. So it was really. I thought that was a great move. I was like, oh, good. We're not. We're not over. We're not jumping over it because usually the Redskins overreact to a lot of things. Yeah. We like to pay too much money to guys that have one great year. Yeah. Albert Haynesworth. Let's not talk about. <laughs> it. But I mean, even this Josh Norman trade. I don't know. I don't know how this is going to end exactly. up working out. Even I still like him. I thought he had a good year the year before, but this year made me question some things. But then we franchise-tagged him again, and it just... We never made him an offer that was, like, good enough for... It. We The longer we kept waiting, the more expensive we got, and everybody knew it. And they kept... I don't know what they were really expecting, because it was either he was going to do way better, and we were going to have to pay a lot more money, exactly. or he was going to do a lot worse. Oh, he's not our quarterback. We knew it the whole time. Yeah. Well, it was like we were expecting him to fail. And that was just a horrible situation for Kirk Cousins. Mm -hmm. And as much as I like the guy and want to be the quarterback, the Redskins really were not the organization for him. They never really had the faith. Even when RG3 was there and the star of the game, Kirk was just never treated like he should have been treated in Washington. And that's just, uh, I mean, that's some of the ownership. Dan Snyder has a problem with that. I mean, we've heard things like this in the past. (laughs) So, I think Alex Smith... He will fit in pretty well with our offense. I really do think that. I mean, we have more of a traditional system. Andy Reid had some creative play calling over there in Kansas City. But, I mean, you put in Jordan Reed if he can stay healthy. Yeah, if, 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 if. He, I mean, that's what I'm saying. That's I know. He hit. is a top three tight end when he is healthy. It's just such a huge if that we never know. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully a whole offseason of rehabilitation because he didn't have any major injuries this year. It's just a bunch of little nagging lingering things, things lingering yeah. things. Because I mean, we've we've heard sometimes um, after people have a year like this, they come back strong and they can go ahead and do it all. But you can't count on it. I understand that, but that's a good substitute to Travis Kelsey. I'll tell you that much. If he's on the field, Jameson Crowder is a very talented receiver. Mm-hmm. I think that I, I I love the guy. I love the guy coming out of Duke. I, I since watching him, I think he's developed a lot. He had some miscues this year. But I think he'll have a good bounce back year with uh, Alex Smith, who likes to dump the ball down, and Jameson Crowders are really good at making people miss. He's a yeah. yards after the catch guy. Mm-hmm. Chris Thompson, we should get back, who's another great guy to have for Alex Smith if you want the dump down guy. Yeah, and then uh, I, yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. I, I think our receiving core is all right, and I think that we have enough talent around uh, Alex to keep him good. I mean, our offensive line is really good when they're healthy. Once we again, we had so many issues, but
1: <clears throat> I like the fit.
0: I just. I just don't know if we're going to
1: get that much better after this. And, I just and, don't know if we're going to the next level. Especially with the promises is that you've, you've now given a third of your cap space, essentially, to Alex Smith. When you have holes on your defense that really need to be addressed, you know, you could use more depth at your offensive line in case they get hurt again. And like you said, you, you, maybe you want to try out and get one of those receivers in free agency. Um, there are a few out there, but you, you've tied up a lot of money to Alex Smith. Well, we created a hole. We created a huge hole. Our, exactly. our cornerbacks were one of our best things last year. Yeah. And now it's completely decimated, maybe. Yeah.
0: I mean, if we don't side Brashad Breeland, which I really... I That's 50-50 on me right now, and I think it's actually probably 30-70. He's probably going to go somewhere else mm-hmm. because he's going to make a lot of money because he's had, uh, how, I think, four years in the league now, or four or five years... And he's had, the majority of his time in the league, he's been a good cornerback. He had one really bad year, two years ago, not this season, this season before, where he was burned a lot. And that's because they refused to put Josh Norman on uh, switching sides, so Breland was constantly under the best receiver. <coughs> so he got burned sometimes. But he had a good bounce back year this time. And uh, and Zach Brown's another huge name that, I like, once again, our linebackers are a pretty good unit too, but without the interior... I, I'm really worried about the Redskins this next year. Mm-hmm. If we can stay healthy, I think we definitely finish better than we did this last season. But getting <coughs> to competing to that with the, the Eagles and possibly the Cowboys next year, I just don't know if we're making the right moves to get to there.
1: Yeah, definitely. And so that was that was the first <coughs> thing that I thought about. And this, where I look to next is... Is where does Kirk Cousins go? Yeah. Um, and yeah. There, there are a few teams that are, he's going to de- demand a lot of money. The places that can throw him the most money uh, the Jets, the Broncos, goes, the Browns, the um, Cardinals, the people that we name all the exactly. time. Exactly. You, know? you know, the Jags don't have that much cap space to offer, but they can make moves to where they free up some money. Um, where would you say his most likely destination is? I think Denver is his most
0: likely destination yeah. right mm-hmm. now. I mean, they've been, uh, at least all the players have shown so much interest in Kirk. It's really a place that you probably will feel liked immediately, okay. yeah, probably a place they can gel, uh, he's got some good receivers there, Demarius Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders, um, I mean, I think that place would probably be the best with that defense still, that defense is still young enough to win a championship, so mm-hmm. that would probably be the place that i, I suggest him go the most, uh, I definitely see, uh, the Jets are pro- have been linked to him a lot recently, I've heard that, they'll go after him hard, it's really wherever Kirk wants to go, yeah. and he's got to decide, does he want the money or does he want to feel like he's going to the place that's going to suit him best? Because no matter where he goes, he's going to get a lot of money. Mm-hmm. It's just, are you going to break records or are you going to win championships?
1: Exactly, and so so to, what makes the most sense is the Broncos because the Broncos need a starting quarterback. There have been rumors that they want to draft a guy in the first round, but yet again, the guys that they have drafted in recent history have not that's had success. That's a team ready to win now. Yeah, That's exactly. And without. and it's not a guy that you need a first round pick. I mean, uh Simeon didn't work. Paxton Lynch hasn't worked. Um they drafted the guy with pick 256 last year. Oh, we'll that was that, uh was Chad Kelly. Chad Kelly. I mean, he's not we don't, but but he drafted him anyways. And so they have a and then they have Brock Osweiler. And so they don't have um they don't have time to 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 draft a guy no. in the first round and and see if it works. They need a home run hit to you know, get the best out of this defense while it still has potential, um, while they're still young enough to get things going. So that is the most realistic sense, but I would not put it past them. I wouldn't put it past Kirk Cousins if he's a New York Jet next year. I honestly think that that's where he... I, I honestly, if I had to put my money on it, I think I would put that he ends up a Jet. Um, they can give him more money than Denver... Um, it's a better offensive play calling system in there. Um, there's some connections with the offensive staff to Washington um, and to Kirk Cousins, and so I think that um, realistically, I think I think he's a New York Jet next year. And I think you know if if the Jets want to you know draft an offensive line, um, maybe add in another linebacker. Uh, maybe one more cornerback. They're a serious team. They're they're a big time threat um, in the AFC East because Kirk Cousins can be a top quarterback in the right system. He's, we've seen flashes of it. He's got a young receiving core, nice running backs, and a solid defense playing with him. Um, I'd say I'd say a Jet. Where I'd like to see him play the most: Cleveland Browns. Just because that'd be funny if he could turn them around. Um, if he was a Brown. Um, and then the, the, so that's the second place. And then the last place that I looked at, I know we've been ter- talking about this trade for a while now. The last place that I'd say is, um, is just the, the third thing I want to talk about is Pat Mahomes. Because now <laughs> Pat Mahomes gets to be unleashed on the NFL. And I think, oh, and I just like, I can't express enough how, how great of a year he is going to have next year. Um, I'm I think it all on Pat Mahomes. Oh, it's, it's, I'm putting all the chips in on Pat Mahomes. He was my favorite guy in the draft last year. Um, when the Chiefs traded up for him, I thought, "Oh, awesome! Alex Smith for a year, and then it's Pat Mahomes' show, and he is going to light it on fire." He's got one of the best receiving cores to fit his talents. He's got a top tight end that he can feed to in tough situations. He's his deep ball accuracy and his deep ball power is unbelievable. It's it's it, it's ranks in the best already in the NFL, and so Tyree Hill's going to have a monster year next year if you're if you're thinking fantasy wise, and then his ability to throw on the run. Mark's up with one quarterback in the league, and that's Aaron Rodgers. He can throw from just about any angle. He can throw across the body. I mean, he is unbelievable, and he's got a solid um, running back with Kareem Hunt, decent offensive line. If that defense gets healthy, gets a little bit younger, the Chiefs are going to light the NFL on fire, and because of Pat Mahomes.
0: We'll see what happens. Right? I'm ready to we'll put it in what, there. We'll I'm so excited to watch I it next has I have been 100% year. sold on me. I'm, I'm so, so see excited. Happens. I know. It's I see, I see that amazing. excitement. The only person that I can see myself getting that excited about is Jimmy Garoppolo. But like, yeah. yeah. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. One now, yeah. now we
1: just need Pat Mahomes to be on the Jaguars. It'd nice. be like my oh, dream God. come true. I, honestly, I think you wouldn't be a Colts fan. Oh, anymore. God, no. I'd be a Jags You'd have to be a Jags fan at that point.
0: But and one thing's for sure, it's going to be really hard watching Kirk play somewhere else next season for me. Yeah, I know especially that. Especially if he lights you guys up. If you guys yeah, like oh, God, him, I really oh, I don't want to face him. I don't. Yeah. That'll make me probably cry, everybody in Washington, because it's not like the city hated him. Everybody liked him here. Everyone
1: loved him. It was yeah, just everybody in D.C. Did. liked
0: him, so it's, management it, it yeah. sucks. So let's go on to our last one, and this is a little fun subject for me and Blake to uh, kind of wind things down. Who's going to win the Super Bowl next year? I'll let you go first, Blake. Who do you think is going to win? And I have a feeling
1: it's going to be J.J. Jacksonville Jaguars, yes, Super Bowl champions. <laughs> Listen, I I really think if they had a league average quarterback, they'd be Super Bowl champions this year. I think they would have you know, been more aggressive. They would have been more comfortable to be aggressive, like Doug Peterson was in the Super Bowl, and they would have held on to that lead in the fourth quarter and not let Tom Brady get the ball back And with a one-possession game. Um, the Jaguars' defense, as long as they stay healthy, um, they can be a solid force um, in, in the league next year, even more dominant offensive line if they put in one offensive lineman, get a second running back, so you're not running the ball 30 times a game with Leonard Fournette. He stays fresh later into the season. There, there are no changes you have to make on the defense, except um, maybe get a little younger at middle linebacker with Paul Puslonsky. Um He had kind of a down season, so that might be the one upgrade. Um, maybe a little younger at safety if you want to you know try and trade Barry Church and draft a guy in the first round um, at free safety um, the Jaguars I, I just don't see how everyone talks about you know the first year of an NFL like changeover it kind of call it a wash if it's your first season with new management new coaching it's a wash the the leap from the first to the second year is the most impressive if that's the case Jacksonville, in their first season, made it to the AFC Championship. And in their second season together, I mean, if they are just gelling as a unit and everything, health is the biggest thing, the biggest concern for me. As long as they can stay healthy, they're Super Bowl champions to me. Hmm. I'm going to go on the opposite side.
0: Oh, I don't, don't do this. Good. Oh, you know I'm thinking... L.A. Rams. I'm going with the Rams. Who did you
1: think I was going with? I thought you were going Jimmy G in the 49ers. For a second,
0: second, I I honestly, I thought about it, but there's too many holes in that team I think right now to be Super Bowl champions. Even though, it wouldn't surprise me if they ended up in the playoffs and maybe they make a run. I don't know. Jimmy G can do anything, so we don't (laughs) know. But I'm going with the Rams and here's the reasons why. Jared Goff, who's uh, developed great this last year. Yep. I think he makes even another step. The third year in quarterbacks development usually is a big spike. Uh, Todd Gurley, who just had a near-MVP campaign. I mean, Sean McVay is going to get better. Like you said, the transition from first year to second year, is it's huge. And the Rams made a, a complete 180 turn on offense. Mm-hmm. So I want to see how it develops from here, too. Aaron Donald on that defense, I mean, <laughs> he can wreak havoc any time he can be comp- – Complete difference to make around the defense. The receiving core is great. I think this team is just a great all-around team with one of the best young coaches in the NFL. I really liked them this year, and I really want to see how they develop next year. Honestly, yeah, I think the Rams and the the Jaguars might be a. Uh, Making their own the dynasties Super Bowls, we'll for a be while. For weeks we will be about fighting that. There for We will be There are two man that. crush teams. That's what here. I'm saying. I'm fighting between. I'm a huge Redskin fan, but maybe I should get uh, either a, a Jimmy Garoppolo jersey, is probably number one on my list, yeah. but Todd Gurley might be my second on the oh, list. Oh, I need too. a Jalen Ramsey jersey. A Jalen
1: Ramsey. Jalen, Jalen Ramsey. He's amazing. Yeah, I can see that. Um, um, not a Blake Bortles? No, not no, a Blake okay, Bortles. I'm just making I sure. Came. Yeah. Um, my only thing about the Rams is that I think that the NFC team that'll be in the Super Bowl next year is the one that's in there right now. Um, the Philadelphia Eagles, I just, I really can't see them slowing down at all. They have an amazing team under contract. Um, I know you are you might lose Blunt and Ajayi, but Corey Clement has, you know, all the potential to be a feature back, in my opinion. Um, you know of all their basically their entire starting line is under contract till 2020. Their defense um you can upgrade in the cornerback in the secondary if you want to this offseason. But they won the Super Bowl without their MVP quarterback. Oh. If you get back your MVP quarterback, how
0: much better is he going to play than Nick Foles just
1: played? He, all season he'll be that much better. I, I think well, I, I understand. Carson, so That's so one of the saying. things that I was thinking about <laughs> is if the one difference in the in the Super Bowl that I would have said if you didn't have Nick Foles and you had Carson Wentz, the interception. The ball was underthrown to Alshon Jeffrey. You got Carson Wentz in there. Maybe he goes four touchdowns, or, zero interceptions. Or maybe he chokes under
0: pressure because he only played in North Dakota State, and you know that's just not. Listen, the he got his I'm national championships there. <laughs> I'm just messing. Um, North Dakota State fans are crazy.
1: Yeah. So, so that's my thing is that, you know, the Eagles now don't only have you know their MVP quarterback back, but they have Super Bowl experience back. They have that championship pedigree. I wouldn't be surprised at all honestly if next year we had a rematch of Eagles Patriots. I mean, the Patriots scare me they need to, you know, overhaul that defense and their offensive line if they want to get back there. I really think Jacksonville's coming for them. But in the NFC, it wouldn't surprise me at all if the Eagles are back there. But like you said, the 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 Rams have all the potential to be that next team there. Atlanta if they can figure out their things, they had a great season. If Minnesota somehow replaces um Replaces uh, Pat Shermer and figures out the quarterback situation and adds some depth on the defense, they can be back. The AFC is not competitive at all. <laughs> I mean, it, to me, it, it's the NFC is just so dominant right now. It's kind of like the Western Conference of the NBA. You know, you've got um, just all the teams. you got Minnesota, Philadelphia, Atlanta, Carolina, New Orleans, Los Angeles, 49ers, they get it together. The Cowboys, um, even if you want to go down to the Seahawks, who I think are on the decline. And then you've got Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. We didn't mention him. Detroit Lions with new head coach Matt Patricia. The NFC has, you know, just up and down competitive teams that deserve to be in the playoffs. And the AFC, I see it as you got the Patriots, the Jaguars, the Steelers. That's all that really scares me. The Chiefs maybe, the the Broncos if they get Kirk Cousins. Um, So I think the path for the Jaguars is a lot easier than the Rams per se, but I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, that was the Super Bowl matchup next year. That'd be a great one. Plot twist.
0: Carson Wentz starts the whole regular season for the Eagles, and then they start Nick Foles in the playoffs. <laughs> just obviously it's a complete joke. <laughs> that would be awesome. Nick Foles, Nick the Foles wins the second Super Bowl. Oh, that uh, that'd be amazing. Right? Ship out Carson Wentz. 100%. Get rid of it. <laughs> no, no, it's <just> like why <laughs> do you need so it? many
1: people? Like, oh, what, oh what, I are don't want to. Do don't it, even what,
0: start talking to me about that. I'm I don't want to hear
1: it. Carson Wentz is so much it, better. Ab- he's the future he's so, of the NFL. Yes,
0: we understand. I mean, I, I just I just hate I try people to say. Yeah, myself. I know. I understand. Well, I think that wraps it up
1: for this week. Anything else to add, Blake? Uh no, it was a hell of a season. Um, I really enjoyed this playoffs. Um, yeah, just I, I can't wait to talk some offseason stuff. We'll talk a lot of free agency, a lot of NFL draft, and we'll gear towards the next NFL season.
0: Yep, definitely uh, sad to see the season go, but at least we get to the, the offseason season look forward to. The NFL offseason is always exciting. So mm-hmm. uh, try to t- uh, tide, or hold you over till next season by watching the draft and everything. Yep. We'll see you next week, guys. Right,
1: take care, guys.